Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. Thank you very much. I'd like to read out of Matthew chapter 25. If you have a Bible or care to follow, Matthew chapter 25, I want to begin to read at verse 14. I'm going to read part of the story and then we'll read the rest at the end of the message. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. I'll read the rest of the story later. This is a story that Jesus told about a businessman and three employees. In the text, he's called Lord, and they're called servants. Each of these three servants were given a sum of money, was given arbitrarily. They had no choice about it. They just received it. No one had the same amount, but everybody had something, and nobody had everything. But the common denominator is that each was accountable. What we discover from this story is that these servants were not owners, they were stewards. It's called the master's money. So I want to talk today about stewardship. And first of all, I want to define it. A steward is someone who has been entrusted with something to be used for the benefit of the owner. I want to say that one more time so we get it. A steward is one who has been entrusted with something to be used for the benefit of the owner. And all of us who are here today, we have been entrusted with certain things. I think about three, but I'll major on the, the last. All of us have been entrusted with time. We don't have the same amount. I've probably had more than anybody here. (laughs) And we don't get to choose how much time we have. But the Bible tells us to redeem the time, buy up the opportunities, and invest it for eternity. 
Second, I believe that this passage talks about talents in the sense of giftings from God. Everybody in this room today has some gift from God. They're not all the same. Some have more than others. But Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 10. He said, as each of you, nobody accepted, as each of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And third, and specifically in this passage, it talks about our treasure. We all have some, but we all have different amounts. I could write a check and some of you could add a zero to it really easy. Some of you could add two zeros. Beyond that, I can't think. <laughs> but each of us have been entrusted with treasure. And what does God require? It's really simple. It's really, really simple. It's that we be faithful with whatever God has given us. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, out of that passage I read, Jesus said, you were faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2, moreover it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Not successful, faithful. And God's requirement for each of us in terms of our time, our giftings, and our money, God is calling us to be faithful, no matter how much we have. So let me lay out some basic principles to us today concerning money. If we could get the basic principles settled in our spirit, it'll answer most of our questions. The first basic principle is that God is the owner. If we get that figured out, the rest will be really simple. Sometimes we say, well, I own my house, and I own my car, and I own this, and I own that. But the truth of the matter is, we are not owners, we are stewards. God is the owner. He's the owner by the act of creation. And for those of us who have known him and met him, he owns us doubly because he owns us by redemption. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, For you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Even the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So he bought me lock, stock, and barrel and all that I am and have and will ever be is actually really his. God is the owner by the right of creation. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
He made it. He owns it. John 1, 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is the owner by creation. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Psalm 50, verse 12, whenever I read this, I sort of chuckle in my heart. God said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> See, God's not broke. It's not like up in heaven there's a panic. The shelves are getting empty, and there's a conference held, and the solution is to f call Pastor Lauren and see if he'd take up an offering. <laughs> God's not broke. He said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine, and all its fullness. Prophet Haggai said, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, God's saying, it's mine. I own it. Don't forget it. When David was gathering funds so that Solomon could build the temple, he offered a great prayer. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12 to 14. And in that prayer, he said, both riches and honor come from you. But who am I and what are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly of this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given you. When I give to God, I'm actually giving back what he has given to me. It's actually not mine, it's his. But I'm returning it to him. David went on to say in verse 16, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and all is yours. We need to say in our heart, it's not mine, it's his. Moses warned the children of Israel that when they got into the promised land and they were prospered, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, he said, I want to warn you because you might begin to say in your heart, my power and my might of my hand has gained me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, I know you might be saying, but God doesn't get up at 5.30 in the morning and work with the miserable people I have to work with all day. I earn it. Not really. 
Because the strength that you have came from God. The ability that you have came from God. James said every good and perfect gift, not most of them, not some of them, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father. And everything I have, everything that I can do, I understand it is God doing it through us. God is the owner. So how can we express that? What can we do? I want to talk today about tithes the next Sunday about offerings. I believe that the tithe is the recognition of the fact that God is the owner. Now don't get really quiet on me. <laughs> we need to listen and hear the word of God clear in our hearts. Leviticus 27.30 says the tithe is the Lord's. It is holy or it is separated to the Lord. It is the Lord's. And he is saying about our finances, that's mine. And Malachi said, if I fail to give God his, then I've robbed him. When I think about the Canadian church across the board, I am deeply stirred in my spirit. I don't know about this church. I've asked no questions. I don't want to know anything. But what I know about the Canadian church is that only one out of four believers systematically bring their tithes to the house of God. And I believe that, that one of the things that hinders revival and renewal, perhaps more than any other sin, is the sin of robbing God. And we want an open heaven. I'm not here today so much to preach about getting your money, but I'm here to say that we need heaven opened over our lives and over our church and over this city. And we will do anything and everything so we do not hinder the favor of Almighty God resting upon us. That's why I'm preaching this message. Well, you might say, well, Pastor Fenn, tithing is under the law and we're not under the law anymore. I want to show you that tithing was instituted long before the law was ever given. Actually, it, the principle was laid down with the first offering that was brought by Abel. Said that Abel brought the first of his flocks to the Lord. But it was Abraham with whom we read the first reference in the Bible 
specifically about tithing. It's found in Genesis 14, verse 19 to 20. And there's something very significant about this. You know that Abraham was an idol-worshiping heathen. And God sovereignly appeared to him. How that happened, I don't know. But the New Testament says that the God of glory appeared to him. And that experience was so life-changing that he left everything he knew to go to a place that he had no idea where. But he had encountered the living God. And there became an unfolding revelation of who God was to this heathen man. In Genesis 14, after Abraham had defeated the five kings and they had this incredible amount of loot, Abraham is met by Melchizedek from the city of Jerusalem. And here's the words of the scripture, blessed be Abraham of God, most high possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham got a revelation that God owned everything. He was the possessor of heaven and of earth. So having that revelation, what did he do? It says that he gave him tithes of all. That's the revelation that needs to come to our hearts. God's the owner. I'm the steward. What he has put in my hands is not first for my benefit. It's for his. He's the owner. I'm the steward. And Abraham paid tithes. Hebrews 7 and 2, in case you wonder what the tithe is, it says he, Abraham gave him a tenth of all. Then we read in Genesis 28:22 about Jacob. Jacob was the schemer, the wheeler dealer. He always wanted to get something. And so when he had that revelation of the ladder from earth to heaven, and he was impacted by the Lord, he said, I'm going to go to this far land, and God, if you'll look after me, and meet my needs and bring me back here, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you 10%. Really big-hearted, wasn't he? But the point is, he knew how much. And he said, I'll give you the 10th. Let me read some scriptures here. That clock's really going. In, in Exodus Chapter 23, verse 19, God said, the first of your first fruits, the first of your first fruits, you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Let me just say this on the margin. I've been a pastor for a long, long time, and many people said, Pastor Fenn, where should I send my tithes? I'm praying about which evangelist to send my tithes said the operative word in the Bible is bring. That's the operative word, bring. So he said, the first fruit you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. 
Deuteronomy 26, said he has brought us to this place, given us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23 said, you shall surely tithe of all the increase that, that you may learn. Listen, really careful. That you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. When I bring my tithe, I'm acknowledging who he is. He's the Lord of heaven and of earth. That's who he is. And I bring a part of what he has given me out of reverence and respect for who he is. Proverbs put it this way, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor him. And with the first fruits of all your increase. When I bring it, I am honoring him. I'm acknowledging who he is. He's the owner. I'm the steward. He's the master. I'm the servant. And I express that as I bring my gifts to the Lord. Let me give you one last scripture and then go back to the parable for a moment. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, he said, on the first day of the week, so there's some regularity to it, let each one of you, not just the rich guys, let each one of you lay something aside as he has been prospered, giving according to ability. Let me go take you back to the parable to wrap up the message. It says in Matthew 25, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came. It's a long time since Jesus went away. I really thought he would come before I got this old. I really did. I still haven't bought a plot of ground. I'm pl not planning to get one yet. I'm still looking. I'm still waiting. Seems like a long time that he's been away. But he's coming back. That's the good news. He's coming back. I think about that almost every day. I think about, he's coming back. I wish it was today. I'd be glad if I couldn't finish this message. I'm ready to go. My bag is packed. After a long time, he came back. And he called the servants to account. We should never forget about that. There, there is coming a day of accountability. 
Martin Luther said, there's two days on my calendar. This day and that day. And I need to live this day in the light of that day. When he will come. For two of the servants, it was their finest hour. They met him with joy, with excitement, with anticipation. And came and the one with five said, I've got five more. And the one with two said, i got two more. And Jesus said, well done, good and faithful. There it is again. Faithful, steward. It's not how much you have, it's what you do with what you have. The guy with two got the same reward as the guy with five because it's based not on success but on faithfulness. But for one, it was a day of sadness, a day of darkness. Because he'd misunderstood his Lord, he said, you're a hard man. So I was afraid. And I took your money and I wrapped it up and put it in the ground where it'd be safe. And the Lord said, you should have taken my money, not your money, my money, at least put it in the bank and made some interest. And for that man, it was a day of great loss. The Bible says, so then each one of us will give an account of himself to the Lord. And when he comes back, it's my prayer, my desire, that's why I'm preaching this message, is that for you it will be a day of joy. It will be a day of anticipation, not a day of loss. Because you kept his money for yourself instead of for him. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. In a, in a couple of moments, we're going to play a, a song called Well Done. As this song is being played, I'd like you to just reflect on the message. If you've been faithful all through the years, then this song will really warm your heart. It'll really encourage you. But if you're here today and you need to make some decisions about your finances and about honoring God with the first fruits, then I want to encourage you to make a commitment in your heart that from this day forward, you will honor the Lord. You can do that where you are sitting, or perhaps for some of you, you might need to slip out of your seat, come and kneel at the altar as an expression of surrender of your life and your possessions to the Lord. Pastor Lauren will come and close the service after. So roll the song. It's called Well Done. Just let it resonate in your spirit today.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.